Welcome to So Dead, a podcast so hot, it's cold. I'm Jen Carpenter. And I'm Danny Fairman. Happy True Crime Tuesday. And happy Taco Tuesday, deadheads. That's what we call our fans now. Did you guys know that? We actually had a fan refer to themselves as a deadhead um, in a message we received, and we loved it. So we decided to make it a thing. I love it. Do you love it? I love it. Love it. I love that we didn't come up with it. I know it. Me too. Because then it would have been a little like... Weird. A little Ego-driven, and it it's not. It's fan-driven. I mean, isn't a podcast ego-driven in general? I don't know. I've had to do a lot of reflecting on myself after listening. Like, I definitely sound like I need a neti pot. <laughs> no, you don't. And but we do sound like the mom off Bobby's world. Yeah, we're super nasally. It's a Michigan thing. I've gotten used to the sound of my voice, though, which is some self-improvement, I think. Yeah, it's hard to listen to yourself. But if anybody knows a good neti pot I could get, <laughs> I'm happy to go and purchase it for is, your listening pleasure. Is this the direction this podcast is heading? Sadly, but no, it's Neti not. pots and self-reflection. Yeah, no. Oh, God. So today we're going to be talking about the greatest loss of life disaster in Lansing, Michigan history. And the ghosts this tragic event may have left behind. That conversation just like nosedived into the ground. Uh-huh. Okay. That's 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 fine. That's how we do it around here, right? That's right. So <laughs> lucky us, we've got a bit of an inside scoop on this one because Danny actually used to work on I this did. haunted stretch of land. I did. Downtown Lansing, for those not familiar, is a very diverse area. We've got the state capitol, government buildings, and upscale restaurants to cater to that crowd. There's a minor league baseball stadium, and there are bars and pubs to cater to that crowd. There's the Lansing Center, which is a convention and special event venue that hosts different types of events all year round. There are museums and all kinds of neat little shops. There's the Lansing Community College campus. Just lots and lots going on in downtown Lansing. And in the midst of all of this is Wentworth Park. On the banks of the Grand River, between the Lansing Center and the Radisson Hotel, Wentworth Park is a small patch of land with a couple of sculptures, a few picnic tables, charging stations, and an inconspicuous historical marker labeling it as the site of the worst loss-of-life disaster in Lansing history. In the early 1900s, the land was home to two hotels, the Wentworth Hotel and Hotel Kearns. Hotel Kearns was considered cutting-edge for its time. The exterior was brick, and the inside was varnished, hand-carved wood from top to bottom. It consisted of 215 guest rooms on four floors, and it was the first hotel in the state to have running ice water in all of its rooms. I love ice water, (laughs) and so, like, that hotel would have been my jam. The fact that that is mentioned in every episode about it must mean ice water wasn't really a thing. So you hit me with some ice water and, like, we're friends. (laughs) I will remember that. I have ice water right now. I'm not going to drink it into the microphone. I was more of a water drinker. Because that's gross to drink into the microphone. But I have it. It's right here in case I need it. Anyway, (laughs) Anyway. Danny needs a neti pot. I need some ice water. And there it is. And there it it all is. It all revolves around water. Oh, my God. Could you imagine doing a neti pot with ice water? No. That's have like, you ever done a neti pot? No, but I know that I get it. I have. Talk about a brain freeze. Warm, but yeah, that would 
I'd pass. That'd be a hard pass. We are. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so this hotel, it's got running ice water in all of its rooms. Um, it also housed a popular bar and restaurant that both hotel guests and nearby residents often frequented. The Kearns was a mainstay for local legislators and community groups due to its close proximity to the capital and its luxury amenities. It was a fancy hotel. It was a fancy hotel. Yes, I. Yes, I. Did Al Capone stay there? I bet. Probably. Probably. He came Is to Lansing. during his time? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would say probably. In the early, he, I bet you he loved ice water. <laughs> I bet he did. Bet he did. He might have set the fire. Who knows? In the early morning hours of December 11th, 1934, a local milkman noticed smoke coming from the windows of the hotel. He pulled the alarm on a nearby firebox, Box 23, to alert authorities. A janitor working in the newspaper building across the street noticed the flames at about the same time and alerted authorities as well. So this newspaper company would be where the Radisson stands now. Is it? Mm-hmm. Was, is it, was it? The Radisson is a really tall hotel, but this did not exist back then. No. So at the time, the uh, Hotel Kearns was in plain view of the state capitol. It was very, very close. Right. Now the Radisson's in the way, but... There weren't as... I mean, downtown is now thick with Very tall buildings. Yeah. And it was not... You know, we were talking about Al Capone and did he stay there. We know he's been to Lansing. Um, I had someone actually tell me... But I have not been able to verify it. But um, our tallest building in downtown Lansing is the Michigan National Building. Mm-hmm. Um, and there I are rumors the that the bank was robbed by mm-hmm. Al Capone's gang. And apparently you can still see the bullet holes in the ceiling. Let's go look for them. And let's okay. take our metal detectors and metal detect the ceiling. Just Because like, they wouldn't go off anyway. I'm right out <laughs> of the ceiling like a... Sometimes I hear my stepson play with the metal detector up in his room. What's he going to find? I'm like, you know, there's a bunch of duct work under here. <laughs> he's making just, it buzz. He's just practicing, he's practicing. mom. Yes. All now right. that the weather's nicer, who we can get out there? You mean we can get out there? I know. I'm so excited. We're doing it. I know. Okay. okay. Back to this horrible fire. So um, approximately 5.30 a.m., the 211 guests staying at the Hotel Kearns that night awoke to a fiery nightmare, one that many of them would not escape. A guest had carelessly flicked a lit cigarette to the ground a bit too close to the hotel, which sparked a raging inferno on a day where there were two inches of snow on the ground and the temperature was only around one degree Fahrenheit outside. Mm. Firefighters and rescue workers from all over rushed to combat the blaze as guests became trapped in their rooms. While some used fire hoses to put out the flames, others used ladders to try to free screaming guests from their windows. But there were only four ladders, and there were over 200 souls that needed saving. It's like the Titanic of hotels. Yeah. As the fire raged on, many guests realized that the fire would get to them before help would, so they began leaping from windows. Uh, Many fell to their immediate deaths on the ground below, while others jumped into the frozen Grand River and broke through the ice never to resurface. Could you even imagine Mm -mm. that? Mm -mm. It's snowy, it's icy, and you've got to choose between possibly burning to death or possibly freezing to death. Like It's Mm -mm. just, it's... 
ugh, did you know if you jump in freezing water with no clothes on, your chances of hypothermia lessen? Why do you know that? I actually have a friend who jumped into the river to save some people from a car that had just jumped in. Are you serious? And a week Wait, before... Wait, a car that jumped in? Sorry, the car... <laughs> I don't want to say it I need in. a quick washing. I don't, I don't know, like went Drove off. in? Yeah, drove in. Thank Veered? You. Yeah. Careened? Like, accidentally drove in. I like the visual of jumping in. Yeah. Like, poop. <laughs> there I went. So he, about a week before he had jumped in to save these people, he had watched a like documentary and take your clothes off. Because when you come out of the oh water. Oh my God, but did he? He did. So they got he saved was by running, a naked man? He had his boxers on. Okay. But he was running <laughs> down the street, ripping his clothes off to jump in the river. I mean, what an amazing thing for someone to do. But just the visual of a car jumping into a pond and a naked man running down the street <laughs> Like, like, what a sight that must have been. story. We need him on the podcast. I know, right? For sure. No, I don't think. One of the people passed. Oh, no. You so, just made it unfunny. I know. It's not funny now. No. But just keep the first visual. It keeps it lighter. Yes. Okay. Anyway. So um, 34 people actually died in the Hotel Kearns fire, including seven state legislators, because, again, this was within walking distance of the Capitol. Wow. Um, 42 more were injured. 14 of those injured were firefighters that were hurt battling the blaze. Um, one story was that when a fire, one of the firefighters arrived on the scene as people were jumping from their windows and a body actually fell on top of him, oh. uh, he worked through the fire for eight hours before someone was like, we are taking you to the hospital. Um, and he actually had a broken back and oh, had been working gosh. for eight hours with a broken back. He didn't die, right? No, he didn't die. Oh, but mm -mm. can you imagine? No. The Hotel Kearns fire was the sixth most deadly fire in the United States in the 20th century. And that's big because this is mm -hmm. including the early 1900s. Everything was burning down. Mm -hmm. The city of Dansville probably accounted for half of those fires on that list, if we're being <laughs> honest. Um, but yeah, so for this to be the sixth most deadly, that's, that's huge. Mm -hmm. Um, and it remains the greatest loss of life disaster to date. Um, people that in are Lansing. in Lansing. Yes. Right. That's, that's an important distinction because otherwise I'm a liar. Right. Um, so people at, uh, that staying at the Radisson, which is the nearest establishment, it's directly across the street from the park. Um, so if you're looking out the Radisson, over the river and towards the Lansing Center, you're looking over Wentworth Park. Right. Um, people staying at the hotel have reported hearing women screaming, um, seeing people in clothing from the 1930s wandering the grounds. They go down, they leave the hotel, which is a tall hotel. If I'm up mm -hmm. on like the 10th floor and I come all the way down to the first floor and across the street to help somebody that's screaming, I really heard somebody screaming. Um, but they get mm -hmm. out there and there's nobody there. Um there are rumors that the surrounding buildings are haunted. Um, I've had some psychic friends that have gone to the location with me, um, and they all seem to be in agreement that at that particular spot, it's a residual haunting, um, which a residual haunting is basically a playback of past events. So yeah. what happened is just on loop. On right. Loop, There's like no loop. intelligence. <clears throat> There's no intelligence. It. They're not aware of you. Um, they're not trying to get a message to you. It's just like you're watching a video of what happened and it just keeps replaying. Um, 
So even though the buildings are now gone, both, um, you know, hotel curtains, as we have covered, burned down, Mm -hmm. um, but the adjoining hotel, hotel or the Wentworth Hotel, was also torn down. Um, So the land is bare, but that land is still haunted, uh, including the building next door. The building next door. Mm Want to tell us about that? I do. Did you know, though, in Wentworth Park that that one of the sculptures there is from 9-11? I did, yes. So um, it's a piece of an I-beam from the World Mm -hmm. Trade Center, and it's twisted, and Mm -hmm. um, it's on a pedestal, and then it's got the names of um, all of the people from Michigan Mm -hmm. that died in the 9-11 attacks. Yep. I've, they do a ceremony every year. Do they? On 9-11. It's a quite, it's a very beautiful ceremony, actually. Good. I've been to it a couple times, but. Good. So, I mean, if you're talking about objects holding <laughs> spirit activity, right. which is a common belief, I mean, mm-hmm. that could account for some of it right there. Absolutely. So the building next to Wentworth Park was built in 1937. The building was home to Lansing Board of Water and Light. Okay. Um, The colors of the building, symbolizing the combustion of coal. The base is a polished black granite that fades to a purple gray, and the grays dissolve to deep reds and slowly lighten to an orange and then yellow. That is fancy. I didn't know all that. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? It is interesting. Um, The building was the Ottawa Street Power Station in the early 60s. Um they provided steam and electricity to the downtown Lansing area until around 1992. Okay. Which is in our lifetime. I mean, we were 12. Yeah. Okay. But it says it's only to downtown Lansing. Only to downtown. Uh-huh. That's really... Isn't that interesting? I mean, back in the... You know, I did a story once from 1934, and it was talking about these people that moved out to the country, and I located that area, and I was like, uh, no, this is right in the main part of this the city. This is Jolly and Cedar? It, it was very near there. <laughs> that's, that's so yeah, funny. so right. it just, the city was much more compact. Right. And so that exactly. makes sense, because downtown was the city, and everything else was right. out of town in the right. country. Right. Um, from 2001 to 2009, the building provided chilled water service for air conditioning. Ice water. There it is. We love the ice water. Mm-hmm. It all comes full circle. Um, in 2007, 2007, 2007 <laughs> the building was sold to a local insurance company. Okay. They did a massive renovation of the building. Now, when they took over this building, like it was... It was basically abandoned. Like, there were people not working in this building, and they hadn't been for years. Like An abandoned power plant. Yeah. And I feel like, like that's the kind of building I would buy to house my company, and if I had a company. I mean, the 100%. broken windows full of bird poop. Yes. Dead animal carcasses. Oh, God. You know, I mean, it was just, it was in bad shape. Mm-hmm. Um, so by 2011, they finished the renovation, and the building houses office space for this insurance company. So now I used to work for this insurance company. Um, I've held many positions at that job or at that place. And one of them required me to work overnights in the building. Oh, that's just not a good idea anywhere. (laughs) I once did overnights when I worked for the local utility company. And overnights is just a bad deal all around. It really is. You know, it really messes like with your psyche too. Yes. 
And for I this never one, got especially, my yeah. around. oh, it was terrible. Mm. Especially for this one, there was nobody else in the building. Oh God, it was literally just you. Yeah, so I had nobody to talk to at night, and then I'd go home and sleep during the day, and then come back to you work. You're a and vampire. Had, it was terrible. It really was like vampire. Danny. It was a very short-lived <laughs> position because imagine why I couldn't do it. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. not that strong. No. Um. So. Many of these nights, I was by myself, mm-hmm. and this building has really long hallways, and all the lights are motion-censored, mm-hmm. so they will only turn on if somebody's in the room. Not to say that they're not faulty at some point, but they're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. And one of the hallways, the one that I worked down, so I, overnight, I worked in a very secured section of the mm-hmm. building. You had to like swipe your badge multiple times to get in it. Mm-hmm. And... Going down this hallway was lined with windows also to the river. Mm-hmm. So it was pitch black and you could see reflections from the river. So it just had nothing but an eerie feeling. Oh my lord. In general. This is almost as bad as my working nights alone in a seedy motel story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like totally setting the scene here. Oh right? gosh. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting in this room by myself one night, which when they renovated the building... Part of the agreement was that they would preserve certain parts of it that were historical. Okay. So this part sat, like, right outside its door was the historical, like, original lobby. Okay. So they couldn't touch it. It was all the original tile work, you know, Mm -hmm. where all the energy would be. Okay. And it was closest to Wentworth Park. Okay. So I'd be sitting there, and you can hear outside the door. People running up and down stairs. Okay. So remind me, I know you said it and I was paying attention, but mm-hmm. I have a very short term memory. The building was built when? 1937. So this is right after the fire. Right. Okay. So, so they opted to build this building instead of rebuild the hotel. Right. And part of the land might have overlapped, like where the building was built might exactly. have been part of the land that the hotel was on. Yes. Okay. So. You could hear people running up and down. And, you know, the printer's there, too, that prints, okay, like, high-volume things. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking, oh, maybe it's just that, even though I wasn't printing anything at the time. <laughs> um, one night I had, again, all by myself, I had a breeze come through. And there's no windows in this room oh. other than to look out into another room. Oh, my. Like, it was a room sandwiched in the middle of the building. Okay. And a breeze came through, and all of a sudden I could smell like a woman's shampoo, like a floral <gasps> shampoo. Oh, my gosh. So I was, like, looking around. I'm like, what is that? I don't understand. I saw a shadow walk across the – now picture the doors like you would in a classroom when you can see out in the hall. It's got, like, that long window pane. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Oh, my. So you could see a shadow of somebody walk by. <gasps> and I'm like, what in the world? I asked security the next day, hey, can you play back that footage? I want to see me looking around. I want to see what You want to see was. if there was someone there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing. You can't even see me looking around. Wait. You can see me, but you can't. Like, it was almost like it just lapsed. Like, I imagined it. It was so weird. <gasps> so and I didn't fall asleep. Not only was there nothing actually there, but there was no what you remember, which is yourself getting mm-hmm. up and looking around. That doesn't happen. No. That is super creepy. Right. Like, that part... Really creeped me out. Oh, my God. I didn't sleep that day. I wouldn't have slept for that month. <laughs> right. right. Um, I remember one night walking through. At the time, I was a smoker. 
Don't shame me. I've wisened up. Shame. But anyway. Shame. So shame. I would park my car out front of this building. Shame. <laughs> I had to do it three times. Thanks. You I have appreciate. to do it at least three times <laughs> for it to count. Um, I would park my car right out front so that I could go and sit out and safely smoke. Because let's smoke be real. Smoke in your car. I know. It was It gross. is Michigan. But yeah. Okay. And it, I was alone in the middle of the night in downtown Lansing. True. Got to stay safe. That's you a know? reason to quit smoking. It helped. <laughs> so I would, but there were times where like the maintenance guys were there late. Mm-hmm. So during those parts of the night, I, they would go out with me and make sure that I was safe. Okay. So I would go across the street looking at the building. You could see the lights flickering, like in a strobe light fashion. Mm-hmm. And you knew there was nobody in there. And you know there's nobody there. I had one night where an IT person called me and said, hey, can you run upstairs to the third floor and grab – he wanted me to grab something for him uh-huh. and tell him like like a read notepad something or something him, and yeah. read it to him. I was like, I can't do that for you. <laughs> I will not, sir. And I was like, I'm – I had to explain. I'm not trying to be difficult. I'm happy to help anybody with anything, mm-hmm. but I have my limits. I'm very afraid to wander this building by myself. Yeah. Please don't ask me to do this. Good for you. And for, he completely understood. Because being me, not that the older I get, the less I care about pleasing others in mm-hmm. any capacity whatsoever. That, yeah, I've um, gotten to that point now. But. but in my younger years, I very much, you know, I wanted yeah. to help people out. So I've been like, oh, you need that? Okay. And I've been in like in tears and hyperventilating, but I would have probably done it. So good right. for you. Yeah, for I just couldn't. Setting it was, those limits, girl. But it was so, it was really driven just by fear. So yeah. I was so, so afraid. Yeah. So there have been nights where I would walk through one room where there were big pillars mm-hmm. to get to the front door. And you could see somebody like no. peering around, but did then you, you go to look and nobody's there. Did you carry a shank with you? No, I, I would have. have. You I should have. have. You cannot have weapons on the property at this work. Well, if your property is haunted, that should be not a rule. Well, if you're going to be alone by yourself, downtown, like alone by yourself, um, if you're going to be by yourself overnight, they should bend downtown. a couple rules, I think. Also, downtown. I don't know if shanks work on ghosts. Yeah, probably. Okay. I needed the Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, so, you know, there would be things. And, you know, it's the middle of the night. You go, maybe my eyes are just playing tricks on me. Yeah, exactly. But you can explain that stuff away very easily. And really, that's what I would do to cope. Yeah. Because I would be afraid. Yeah. Um, there were other people that reported that they would see figures of people at the end of the halls. Mm. Um. Cleaning crew would say at night when they came to clean, um, one time they waited outside the bathroom, a woman's bathroom on mm-hmm. one of the floors, and they heard a woman coughing. And if, so, if there's a worker in there, they're not going to disturb them by going in and right. scrubbing yeah, the toilets. Yeah, they do that at my building. They wait until yeah, they wait and, there's out. Yeah. So they're waiting. They hear the toilet flush. They're waiting. And they're waiting some more. Finally, they're like... Hello, and they knock on the door, and nobody was in there. Oh my gosh! Like they heard, and there wasn't cough. any other way out. No, yeah, no, no. There's no like secret, no secret door, no secret door in the women's that bathroom. you know of. That I know of. I would have loved to have discovered it <laughs> if there was one. What would you have kept in there? I would have run. <laughs> Just been like, I've been in the bathroom sick. <laughs> 
I just kicked my microphone Sorry. halfway across the room. <laughs> Don't do that. So there were other um, stories of people with the lights turning okay. on and off. Um, everybody has their own. A lot of employees have their own experiences. There's a newer part of the building where nobody feels activity. Okay. It's all in the, the old original part. building. That's exactly how my house was that we lived in that we talked about in mm-hmm. episode, what, two? Mm-hmm. Um, there was an old part of the house and there was an addition built in the 60s. And I would always go out to the new part of the house to sleep when something was going on because sure. it just the whole vibe is the same house. It wasn't separated but in any different. way, but it was different. Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. Um, my sister who also worked at this company at one point, um, she had met with a medium. Okay. Just for personal reasons. Okay. And she had made a statement that, you know, and let me just say, whether you believe in mediums or not, sometimes it's fun to go just for the Mm -hmm. entertainment value. Mm -hmm. Some people strongly disagree with them. And I say, disagree. Nobody's asking you to participate. Right. Um, but my sister did. And this girl said, you know, they kind of hit it off just on a friendship level. And Mm -hmm. she said, Hey, we should do lunch sometime. She says, yeah, come pick me up at work, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no. So about a week later, she calls my sister and she's like, I can't come to your building. <laughs> I've been having really bad feelings about your building. Oh, no. She's like, what's going on? She's like, I just see a lot of burned people there. <gasps> burned Not people. knowing where she worked. Mm-hmm. Oh, my So it God. makes me wonder if like hotel. Yeah. Well, yeah. 100%. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh my god! So that she's never met her there for lunch. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We Lots should take stories. her there and make it an episode. I know that'd be fun. Would be fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, everybody has stories. Wow, and a lot of them can be. That's always yeah. Pish pish posh. Yeah, exactly. But you know, yeah, they're scary. But yeah. All right, guys, so we have decided to do another new thing. Um, As this podcast is growing bigger and faster than we ever imagined it could, we feel very connected to our listeners, Um, and we wanted to continue to build on that. Um, We realize that we don't talk about ourselves a whole lot, and there's a reason for that. In the very beginning, we decided that we want this podcast to be very much story-driven, a meat and potatoes type thing. Um, We don't want to provide a lot of extra nonsense. Right. But at the same time, we do want you guys to get to know us. Um, so at the end of every episode, we're going to each share a weird little fact about ourselves. Could be something good, could be something bad, could be funny, could be completely mortifying for us, but we're sharing <laughs> it anyways. Um, sky's the limit. So this is our first attempt at adding a segment to the show. And if it gets annoying, we reserve the right to stop doing it whenever <laughs> we fucking want. That's right. Um, we're going to call it our file dump because we're just dumping nonsense on you. Aren't you guys excited for us to dump on you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what they would say. No. I mean, maybe some of them. You guys got to be weird to be listening to us, right? Right, right? All right. So for today's file dump, we're each going to tell you the most embarrassing misconception we held as kids. I have one. Do you have one? I got to think. All right. Well, I'll go first. Mine's pretty bad. Okay. Um, I want to say, let me preface this by saying I was like 
not to toot my own horn, but I was like a very gifted student going sure up. Sure you were. I really was. <laughs> I was in like all the gifted programs and I won every spelling bee. Nice. The only time I didn't win, and I remember it still because it was the only one I didn't win, um, was I misspelled the word dissect because it should not have two S's in it. Thank you very much. Um, I find that so interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. That's the spell. word I messed up because I never studied because I knew how to spell everything. Right. Except that stupid word that spelled wrong. That's so funny. Anyway, um, so I was a smart, smart kid, but until I was probably in my early teens at least, I thought we lived inside the earth. I was not a flat earther. I was like an inside earther. Like the land was kind of like middle ground and half the sphere was below us. And then the other half was above us. And we were just living inside it. Like in Whoville? Sure. I'm going to play off that. Because (laughs) mine was that, you know, we watch TV and we watch these stories Mm -hmm. unfold. I used to think people were watching us. (gasps) Like Truman Show. Yes. And I find it very funny because my daughter always asks me, because she's real big into the YouTube videos. Okay. She always asks, are people watching us right now? Oh, my God. But what if they are? So what if they are? What if you guys are like extra sensitive to the Matrix so you know? <laughs> right. But I they think just... I've grown out of that. But wouldn't that be weird? Yes. That's a good one. Yeah. So there you guys. Off here. Yeah. So there you guys have it. We're super fucking weird. Like you didn't know that already. <laughs> Anyway, thank you guys so much for making us a part of your day. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at so Dead Podcast. You can also find us online at SoDeadPodcast.com and email us your feedback and story ideas to SoDeadPodcast at gmail.com. Now get out there and shine. You magnificent what the fucks.